0: Welcome to another edition of the Play-By-Play Perspective. Colin Surrey and Will Connerly back to discuss GLVC basketball with you. And we've got our producer, Joey Messenbrink, doing a great job helping us out. Will, how are we doing? Glad to be back on, on the PXP Perspective. Well, we're doing great, especially
1: on a day where you have the GLVC preseason poll come out. I think that kind of gets the juices flowing a little bit. You know what I'm
0: saying? It sure does. We're we're excited. It's it's kind of that extra that extra little flavor that you need. You get that preseason poll that comes out, you have an idea in your head already where you think the teams might stack up, and then you get to see where the coaches actually placed everyone. So it's a lot of fun and of course, you know, the preseason polls don't mean a whole ton in the long run, but it gives us something to talk about and great for guys like us, huh? It is, and you're right. It doesn't matter at all,
1: and I know that's even me coming from – somebody where you can see the QU logo up on my right pack. It doesn't matter at all. You know, I see where they were picked and um, I know we're going to get into this and I can't wait to dive into every single team in this 13 member league right now, Colin. Uh, But at the end of the day, I think the only thing that the coaches and players, uh, the fans and media will ultimately talk about is what the postseason poll will look like. But you're right. This gives us a little bit of an idea and a chance to take a glance Lance at every team in this conference, see what their outlook could be, and then also where they ultimately could have a chance to end up, um, and then get into where, like you said perfectly, where the coaches. I think that's a great point. The coaches are the ones who um, actually vote on this and pick where these teams are going to be, but I'm right there with you. Not really mattering a whole lot. Uh, We see how it changes all the time, but then again, the juices are starting to really flow for me.
0: Absolutely, and we'll get right into it with the preseason favorite, of course, coming off of a season in which Umsel just got red hot. The Tritons take the championship, and their entire starting five is gone from last year, so they are not the preseason favorite coming in although they are the defending champions it's the UND Greyhounds and they were a popular pick amongst us two to make a run despite being kind of more middle-of-the-pack seating coming into the GLVC tournament last year they showed out really well they need to replace Corey Miller Jr but when you got a guy like Bingham that you can rely on Kendrick Choa inside You get Bruno Williams, a transfer and a proven player, a star player from a Lewis program that has been so successful over the last few years. And it's a program that has a lot of people excited and you see why they're number one. That is a really good point, and with UND being
1: picked number one, I know that we've talked about it. Our producer Joey Messenbrink, of course, has talked about it a lot, just because the simple fact of that's where he's at. He's at the University of Indianapolis. But when we looked at this team a season ago, and all the pieces that they had, um, to lose one of the better players in the GLVC in Corey Miller Jr. and still be picked first. I think that just shows they have a plethora of returners. And then they also have a few additions. You mentioned one of them, Bruno Williams, which I think that's a two-pronged thing for you, Indy. It really helps you, Indy, getting an all-conference player coming to your team intra-conference. But it also hurts Lewis, so it helps you in both of those aspects. But also I think that... There's a lot to like. There's a lot of storylines with Paul Corsaro's team. Third season for him, and he's a UND guy through and through, and he's had success in the postseason with this team. They had 19 wins a season ago, was the most under a UND coach in their second season in the D2 era played at UND a couple sports, and they've been going to the Great Lakes Valley Conference Tournament for multiple seasons now, from getting to the semifinals two years ago to getting all the way to the GLVC Championship last year as the sixth seed, and I love the bodies that they have. I think that's where you can really start talking about this team with what they have down low. Julian Steinfeld kind of emerged in the Great Lakes Valley Conference tournament with the block party that he had. Kendrick Choa. I don't know if there's a tougher player in this league than him. And you get into the longer guys that they have down low that can play in the paint at such a high level like Jacoby Robinson and Jesse Bingham. I mean, this is a team to really watch out for. And then they get another slasher like Bruno Williams. I'm really excited to see how well this team team can play their bread and butter was defense and they've only gotten better defensively a team that only allowed 66 and a half points per game a season ago I really think they have a high ceiling and the rest of the coaches in the GLBC think the same thing
0: yeah there's no question about it and you talk about a guy where You pick up Bruno Williams while also subtracting from another team in the league. Well, Jacoby Robinson, that was the same case as well, came off of of a sensational freshman season with McKendree and is now a huge part of that UND team as well. So a lot of names that they can turn to and guys that are kind of proven have been there and done it inside of the conference already. And then, you know, you mentioned Julian Steinfeld. I think you can expect to see a huge jump from the freshman, we started to see him really come on late in the year. And then, you know, who knows what the limit is for him this year. The sky could be the limit for him. And obviously this team as well. Paul Corsaro has got this bunch in a terrific position moving forward. And all of the Greyhounds fans have to be extremely excited about what they have going on there. And you talk about kind of the the mantra and the team culture there at UND. hard nose defense and I would expect that Jesse Bingham is going to be that real kind of big-time leader for this team, and he embodies that so well. So a lot of reasons to like the UND Greyhounds this year. And another reason, too, we talk about their additions.
1: Uh, Steinfeld, 7 foot down low, and I think the kid from Germany is really going to turn some heads in the GLVC this year. Just a sophomore now as well, so a young kid who is going to be a problem in the paint for years to come in this league, but also with the addition of getting a guy from Purdue-Fort Wayne, what I'm excited to see what Jarvis Walker can do, in addition to this Greyhounds roster as well, uh, with the additions, how they can gel, the talent is there, and I'm excited to see how ultimately this team can play in Nickison Hall, and speaking of Nickerson Hall, Ben Nickison, another senior on this team, hoping he can maybe knock down a couple shots for them on the outside this
0: season as well yeah absolutely terrific legacy story there for the UND Greyhounds and then we move over to the number two pick team in the GLVC preseason poll it's the Southwest Baptist Bearcats coming off of a phenomenal season although heartbreaking the way that it ended for their head coach Clark Sheehy and company but they return possibly one of the best backcourts in all of division two basketball Quinn Nelson, player of the year in the conference, coming back. Mitch Gannot, who might have gotten my vote had I had one and you told me I couldn't vote for my guy Bryce Boltman And R.J. Crawford. I mean, that's a three-headed monster that's going to strike fear into anyone who's looking to score from the perimeter.
1: They're a really good team, and like you mentioned, the guards are athletic, but they also defend at such a high level. They also rebound at a really high level. Definitely the best rebounding guard bunch that you have in the Great Lakes Valley Conference, but they shot the ball at such a high level last year. 49% from the floor as a team. That was top 25 of the country. They were sixth in the nation in rebounding margin, and like you mentioned, she did an incredible job. GLVC, Coco Coach of the year. They were the top seed in the conference. You, like you said, it ended in a tough way, but they are a tough team, especially at home. Like you saw with many GLVC teams a season ago, they were 13-1 and one at home last year, won their final six home games. Shehi is an experienced coach that has been around the block for a while, his ninth season at the helm. I'm excited to see how they start the year. Grand Valley State and Ferris State in Nashville, Tennessee, for this Proven Bunch. I like how you mentioned Proven Bunch with Quinn Nelson, Mitch Gano, and R.J. Crawford. That's going to be really fun to see and also see how they can replace a lot of the paint presence that they had from a season ago. No Bo Burn on the squad anymore. He transferred out to Stephen F. Austin. And so that is going to be interesting, Colin, to see how they can get some buckets in the painted area as well this season. But a really, really good team. And I think they're expected to make a deep run in the GLVC tournament as well.
0: Yeah, that's really the question mark for that Southwest Baptist team is what does that front court shape up like and where does the production come from? Now, ironically, if you recall back to last year when Jaleel Boburn went down late in the season, in the regular season, Southwest Baptist actually played some of their best basketball of the year. Now, I know that sometimes that's not necessarily a sustainable thing. That hey, you can rally behind it and say, hey, our guy's down. We're gonna play extra hard for him, knowing that he's gonna come back. And boburn did. Maybe not at ever a 100% capacity for that team again. But you know, it was impressive what they were able to do without him on the floor. And we'll see if they can continue that coming into next season. And then. We moved to the number three team we've talked about them a couple of times already it's lewis and scott trost bunch has another really talented team despite losing bruno williams who we talked about but out signed sahin kaya is coming back connor nigo has left he was such a tremendous force in this league for such a long time but it just seems like this lewis team just reloads restocks the cupboard year after year there's a few teams that you can say that for in this conference and Lewis certainly fits that that description there's no question Colin and I can't wait for
1: when Lewis plays UND this year because not because of the Bruno Williams effect although that is a huge storyline in that game Bruno Williams had his career high against UND ironically 22 points in a game last season however I'm really interested to see the bodies in the paint, because there are some bodies on this Lewis Flyers team. Atikin Sahangkaya, he's my early pick to lead the Great Lakes Valley Conference in dunks this season. I don't have the stats, Colin, but I'm pretty sure he did that damage last year, but also a kind of a sleeper as well, and somebody that played on the court quite often last year when Lewis upset a really good Truman State at the season go, valdo zernan 66 senior as well that's big in the paint for them they've got some big bodies they've got some athletic guards as well so i'm excited to see how this team can progress and if they can continue to be an upper echelon team in the great lakes valley conference a big thing for this team last year conlin was how they shot the ball so well to start the year it was 50 percent every night from the three point range with guys like Bo Frericks on the roster. You expect that to be the same this season. Anthony Sales is a really good player who was getting recognition as an all freshman's team a season ago. So I think that Lewis definitely has a lot of the players to do some damage in the conference this season. And like you mentioned, with an experienced coach nearing now two decades at the helm, Scott Trost has done a lot of good things with Lewis, and he's going to continue to have with this team, uh, a team that made it to Great Lakes Valley conference tournament semifinals a season ago, but the shooting the three point shot at a high level, that's gonna help this team out so much because they love that inside out game and they also love to bang in the paint and they've got the bodies to do
0: it. Yeah, in Trost we trust, right? And you know, a couple of other guards that I think we should look out for on that team, Marquise Jackson and Dion Edgem, I think, have a chance to really step into kind of that playmaking guard role with Bruno Williams and Dre Bell out of the picture but you know even though they've they've got some of those big names moving or moving on there's a reason why they are still picked to be the number three team within this conference so we are looking out for those for those flyers on this coming up this season and then it'll be Truman State coming in at number four and you know, a, another team that has a lot of guys moving on. No more Cade McKnight, no more No Norweather, no more Miller on that team. But you still got a lot of guys that have been proven producers in this league. Elijah Hayes camp coming back for them. Hunter Straight still in the picture amongst others. So still have to look out for this bunch. And, you know, Jeff Horner is so good on the recruiting trail and so good at identifying talent you know that he's going to reload with the guys that, that they want.
1: A really good team at home as well. Like we've mentioned, they were 10-2 at home last season. I mean, a team that put together 20 wins a season ago, a team that has gone to three consecutive NCAA tournaments. When you go back to the 20 season with Broderick Thomas, to the run that they had through the regionals the year after with Cade McKnight, to last season when they had their season ended in the NCAA tournament. They kind of stumbled to the finish line last year, losing some games late, lost to Rockhurst late, got bounced early in the Great Lakes Valley Conference tournament by losing to Indy, then fell to UMSL to end their season, losing three of their final four games, really four of their final five games because they dropped their final two of the regular season, stumbling a little bit to the finish line, but I don't think Jeff corner is going to put a bad basketball team out on the court. I understand that Cade McKnight and Mason Miller both made the transition to the division one level. You don't have North weather anymore. That one feels like maybe it hurts this Truman State Bulldog program a little bit more than the other losses. Because let's be honest, what else could Cade McKnight have done in the Great Lakes Valley Conference? He did every single thing uh, you could ask a human being to do on the basketball court in the Great Lakes Valley Conference. And I think when they saw Mason Miller, coaches across the league saw Mason Miller and they saw Cade McKnight leave, I think that was music to their ears because they've been giving – coaches in this league fits for years and years. So with them leaving happy for them to be able to go showcase their basketball talents at the next level. But like you said, Colin Hunter straight an incredible basketball player in this league. I think you might see a step forward now, especially like we've seen in years past on the glass with a guy like Dylan Peters, a six, eight body down low for the Truman state Bulldogs. I think those are two names for sure to watch this season, I think the star of this team, at least where you're going to get a lot of the scoring production, is somebody that's 6'5", that can shoot from the outside, an all-conference guy like you mentioned, Elijah camp He's a really good basketball player, and I'm excited to see what he can do for Jeff Horner's team this year. Truman State always going to be a really good team, and I think that they continue that. The GLVC is really good at the top. Once again, at
0: least that's what it looks like um, for outlooking this season. Absolutely. And I want to go back and correct myself on a couple of guys from that Lewis roster must have been looking at last year there with Jackson and Edgem, no longer with the team, but that kind of fits with our our storyline coming into this year. So much roster turnover for a lot of these teams, even the teams at the top, a lot of new names on those rosters. And, you know, we talked about some of those guys coming back for Truman State and another one of those guys that I think could be a big one for them is Keaton Mitchell is Mm -hmm. he had a great season last year for them in limited playing time and you see that sometimes with great teams and a team like a truman state maybe a guy only gets like a 10 10 minutes per game out there like a keaton mitchell but when he's out there he's very productive so just the chance to see the floor a little bit more for some of those guys might lead to some really big numbers and a jump in their play because you know the play has been there they're just getting the opportunity now they are and they have a guy like Hunter Strait, who you could argue
1: one of the better point guards in the league. He's going to find Mr. Mitchell a little bit down low this season. You know, the offensive system has been put in place for this Bulldogs team uh, to do good things under Jeff Horner, who was a great basketball player at the University of Iowa. I think that it's going to be fun to see how this team can play. I mean, we saw how well they could shoot the ball in some games last year. I mean, they had a stretch where they were above 65% three consecutive games. They had the best game in school history from a field goal percentage standpoint, and then they had the second best field goal percentage in a single game from that standpoint in program history and back-to-back games in a stretch last year. That's how hot this Truman State team could get. They shot 50% from the field on the season. That was 11th best in the country. You know that they have some knockdown shooters as well for the Bulldogs
0: coming up this season. Absolutely, and again, that goes back to Horner being able to identify that talent and find guys consistently that you in this program where he's just able to plug and play. You go back to a Mason Miller when he came into the program, and it seems like we always have this kind of discussion with Truman State because inevitably they've got some kind of superstar that's moving on or or graduating for, to the next level, going on to the pro level. We've seen guys get to that level from this team as well. So no surprise that they would be ranked so high to start in the preseason poll once again at number four for Truman State. And then we move on to number five and maybe one of the more surprised teams from last year and carrying that momentum over into this year in the preseason poll is William Jewell. And the Cardinals last year, an outstanding season after only winning five games in the conference the previous season, up to nine last year, and they're hoping to make it double digits this season. And I think they can do it, and that's the step that
1: the Cardinal fans are looking for them to take. They've taken a step forward. There's no question this program has moved into the right direction, but now, Colin, the expectation to have success is really there for William Jewell. This is the highest preseason ranking for the Cardinals since joining the league in the fall of 2011, and but they returned their whole team basically, so they have a lot of guys back, and they have—I mean—it's going to be fun uh, to see what they can do here this year because with all the guys back and the guys returning, I mean, Mason Alexander back in the mix once again. I mean, that's pretty crazy uh, to think. And then also Jordan Germain, an all-GLVC performer. Kobe McKinley, a great player who was in double figures for them a season ago. Grant Stubbs, Trey Shannon, Harry Shiyoyo, a lot of similar names that are going to be making moves for the Cardinals here this season. And I think that they're set up to have a successful season. The expectation is definitely there for William Jewell. It was a really cool story uh, to see how they performed last year and to see how much they improved. And it was a great time talking with head basketball coach, Chris McCabe on this very podcast last season. And I, he's doing some great things. So why not? Uh, try to support what this William Jewell team is trying to do and making steps forward. A lot of fifth years on this team, Colin. This may be the year that a lot of these guys want to make a run uh, moving forward with the senior leadership they have in Shiyoyo, in McKinley, and doing things with Mason Alexander back in a fifth year as well. I think they have an opportunity uh, to do a lot of good things this season.
0: Yeah, and think about what an advantage that is for this William Jewell team when you consider – A lot of that uncertainty around the league, a lot of new names. And even if they are very talented players, just finding that chemistry, it's going to take some time. Inevitably, you know, William Jewell is going to start out with a lot of that to begin the year. And it's another one of those teams at the top of this preseason list that is built around defense they were terrific you know we talked about southwest baptist and what they did from the guard position and perimeter defense well william jewell's opponents last year shot just 31.9 percent from beyond the three-point line so you know that they're going to do a great job in that regard as well and you talk about harry shioyo coming back He was really coming on at the end of last year. In fact, I voted him on the all-GLVC tournament team. He was playing so good by the end of the year. So a lot of names to look out for and names that you're used to compared to some of these other squads that we're talking about in the preseason poll.
1: No question. I mean, I, that they have that consistency, and I think that they're going to take that step forward. The expectations are moving up for a William Jewell basketball team that has a lot of guys back, and they're wanting to make a stamp on this league, again, with multiple fifth-year players who have seen this league a couple times. They've been through struggles at William Jewell, and I guarantee you they're excited uh, to, to to take on this season with a full head of steel. you have got a great head coach leading that program as well.
0: Yeah, looking for some really big things from that bunch and Kobe McKinley on pace to have a really big season once again for them. So they come in at number 5 and then at number 6 it's the McKendry Bearcats and for McKendry George Suggs has this team going in the direction that they want. They didn't quite finish off the season last year like they wanted to. They're looking for some help for their guy Bryce Boltman who has been so unbelievably good for this squad he was the only guy in double figures almost averaged 20 a game for this team last year but they're looking for that consistent second option and they believe that they found it in the transfer from asbury university in eric powell the second this young man is just phenomenal athletically defensively and if he can be that consistent double figure scorer to go along with bryce boltman and then maybe you get some added production maybe from a Milos Vicentic there are a lot of guys that have a lot of offensive potential on this team just looking for the consistency and then maybe you'll see a lot of this this Bearcats McKendry Bearcats potential unlocked if they're able to find that consistency on the offensive end but it looks like a very good defensive team especially considering they got an Ogliac all defensive team or Ogliac defensive team player from in Caleb Zerlini over from Purdue Northwest. So some big additions to this McKendry team, although they lose Brendan Gooch and Oliver Steven, they'll bring back Luke Hensler and some other guys that have really been a big part of this team for a lot of years on end, including Bryce Boltman, who is one of the best that this league has to offer. He is. I mean, he's one of the best scorers in this league. He's one of the best players in
1: this league. He was a warrior on the court last year, leading the league in minutes, but also uh, toward the top of the table, right up there, like you mentioned, 20 points a game, one of the best scorers in this conference. And back for another year for McKendry. Bryce Boltman, a really good player that can fill it up. They've got some pieces, like you mentioned, that provides a little bit more intrigue for this team this season. Uh, Caleb Zerlini, a 6'8 guy that that wing. He's going to do really good things, especially for a McKentry team that was already so good a season ago, running teams off the three-point line. And Boltman, like you mentioned, right around 20 a game last year, leading the way in the Great Lakes Valley Conference. He also had to play over 37 minutes a night. That was 13th highest in the NCAA, but McKentry was second in the GLVC in three-point percentage defense. Their defense felt like it just got a little bit better. Suggs is doing great things Colin as you know somebody who gets to call a lot of their games and this is a McKendree team in a league that feels a little more wide open than years past that maybe you could see them
0: toward the top of the table before the year's finished absolutely and you know speaking with some of the guys with the team they feel that they can alleviate some of that pressure On Bryce Bultman to do so much and carry so much of the offensive load you know and I haven't even gotten to another transfer that I think is going to make a really big difference on this team Hayden Meeks comes over from Adams State he's an Australian and the six foot seven forward he I mean he was firing darts at the practice that I went out to it felt like he didn't miss a a single shot the entire time the ball barely got over the rim but he was absolute money with that shot. And he could be another guy that provides a little offensive punch for this team. Luke Hensler comes back, Alex Davitkov. So a lot of familiar names and looking for that next step forward again from Carson Parker. We saw some tremendous things in stretches from him last year. And again, looking for that consistency from that bunch moving into this upcoming season and hoping to make that push into the upper echelon of this conference. and. Once you've done that, you know you've really done something special, and George Suggs has to be really excited about the chance to possibly do that this year with this club.
1: He has to be, and I know he was an incredible player uh, back in the in this league, Collin, and he knows what it takes to be successful in this league. And he, he's moved this program forward, and he's got one of the best players in the conference uh, to build around. But like you mentioned, um, there's some other names in this bunch that are going to be called upon uh, quite frequently this season as well, which I think that should only scare uh, some GLVC opponents uh, for the rest of this season because. We know how good Bryce Boltman is, uh, certainly uh, preseason if we had to pick player of the year candidate for sure in this league because of how talented he is on both ends of the floor and how clutch he can be. I'm excited to see him and the rest of the McKintree Bearcats play this season in the Great Lakes Valley Conference as I know you are excited to deliver a lot of those broadcasts this season on the Great Lakes Valley Conference Sports Network as well, Colin.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for it. It's an absolute pleasure to work with the former Bellerman Knight, like you said, former GLVC player and star George Suggs. Got a lot of really good things going on at McKendree, coming in at 6th in the GLVC preseason poll. And now we move along to our number 7 team in the GLVC preseason poll, and it's the defending champs in the GLVC, the UMSL Tritons in Bob Sunbold's group. A lot of turnover on this squad, 14. 18 newcomers on this team. They have to replace the entire starting five from that championship bunch. What a starting five it was. But kind of starting from, from block number one for Bob Sunvold. but he's got a couple of guys coming back from that roster last year, and I think Isaiah Fuller will be one of those names to look out for. But you can bet that coming off of that special run, that they had last year, it'll be an energized bunch trying to live up to the expectations that have been set the expectations were certainly set pretty high and it has been for bob sunfold
1: who's been at Umsel for over a decade now he's developed a great program a team that plays great defense and that group that just graduated was so storied and so decorated i mean you you lose an 1000 point scorer in grubbs you lose the 3 point shooting king in shane wizink you you lose the back to back great lakes valley conference defensive player of the year and Steve Webb, you'll lose two first-team All-GLVC guys who are on that team in back-to-back seasons as well in Marty Jackson and Yakima Rose Jr. So there's a lot missing from this team because of the fact that they graduated so much, but they brought in 14 new players, multiple pretty solid transfers. Bowen Sandquist is a guy from Midland University who averaged over 16 points per game a season ago. He had 11 versus Slew in their first exhibition contest. Donovan Vickers, another guy from Southern Arkansas Tech who I expect to be in the mix this year as well for the Tritons but I mean the GLVC has got to be happy uh, that they lost a lot of those veteran guys who made such a great run but Colin like you mentioned Isaiah Fuller and uh, Trevor Moore the two main returners on this team other than that a lot of new blood inserted into this program through the transfer portal and also some talented freshman as well, but a team that advanced to the Sweet 16 last year. Midwest Regional Finals and they fall to Hillsdale, their first uh, D2 tournament win in 34 years. A very impressive season, a historic season for a team that got so hot at the end of the year, picking up win after win after win toward the end of the year. They were the hottest team at the end of the season. They avenged their loss from Truman and continued to win games in the NCAA tournament before fall in that Midwest Regional Championship game, such a great season for them, and it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. And so the jury's out on how they're going to play this year, uh, but I still expect them to be a competitive team with Sunfold at the helm and with the Tritons program being built at such a high level I know they're picked seventh but don't be surprised if they move up a little bit higher just because of the Triton way and how good they have been especially a solid tough team on defense and the program and the system that is put in place has won a lot of ball games in the past
0: for this Umsol Tritons team no question and you know that that culture is as solid as a rock with Bob Sunvold and Chico Jones, his assistant coach, kind of holding down the fort in that regard. So maybe not as worried as you would be with some other teams with so much turnover on the roster. I'll give you a few transfers to look out for on this team and then maybe a couple of freshmen as well. Victor Wabarocha coming over from Drury within the conference, so another one of those within the GLVC conference transfers to look out for, and a guy coming over from Southwestern Illinois College that has played really good Division 1 JUCO ball over the years with Jay Harrington, one of the best coaches to ever do it at that level over in Belleville, Illinois. Sam Bledsoe comes from that program and he's a guy that will be a really good shooter right off the bat, a super hard worker and can and that's the kind of guy that Bob Sunbold loves, right? A guy who's going to bring his hard hat every day to the court. When he goes out there and plays. So those are some of the transfers maybe to look out for, as well as Brendan Weller, a guy who went to Edwardsville High School locally to close to where I am here on the Illinois side of the river. He went to Arkansas Tech last year. He could maybe figure in to be a guy that maybe does something for this team and a couple of the freshmen that I like on this team, Matt Enright, he, you might not see him necessarily factor in a bunch this year. The Webster Groves state champion from last year, had the pleasure of calling his state title run last year is a phenomenal shooter and one of those guys that just is going to work harder than everyone else to improve his craft. So feel pretty good about what he is going to be able to do moving his game forward for that team. So a lot still to be excited about for that Umsel team, even though they have lost so much from that bunch. So we move now to number eight after Umsel being picked number seven in the preseason pull in the GLVC. It's the Drury Panthers. And Chris Foster going to Drury from McKendry just a couple of years ago, kind of struggled a little bit trying to find their identity really last year. And I think it was a roster that Everyone knew that was going to be the case for him and he was going to have to do some rebuilding there. Well, he's brought in a lot of big time names. And, you know, one of those guys being an Auburn transfer, Preston Cook, has to have fans really excited there about what he can possibly do. And just you look at the coaching legacy of Chris Foster, what he was able to do at Truman State what he did at mckendry bringing them into the glvc at the division II level and making them so competitive where, where you see them now and setting that that foundation for george suggs to take over that program you know i think everyone expects uh, a, another one of those programs that's kind of a blue blood within the glvc the drury panthers are used to competing at the highest level here at the in the division 2 level and competing for national titles and i think chris foster can get them back in that conversation he can. And now in his second season,
1: he's finally found his footing a little bit, you know, in the first year, because he gets to recruit some of his guys that he wants now. And like you said, he's been a college coach for a long time. Even in this conference overall, it's his ninth season now as a collegiate coach, his second at Drury. And Chris Foster definitely dipped into that transfer portal a little bit this offseason, adding three division one transfers. You mentioned Preston Cook, somebody who who was on the Auburn team a season ago, a team that spent a lot of time as the number one ranked team in the nation a season ago. Brady O'Connell, an old Dominion transfer, and then Brock Wakefield as well from the Citadel. That's three D1 transfers. Uh, coming up on your team, and also one Division II transfer uh, coming from Quincy University, Adam Moore as well, uh, being a big addition for this roster, a guy who played multiple seasons at QU, a lot of games that I got to see him play personally, and he should be somebody who can shoot from the outside for them and provide a lot of length, and also Quentin Shelton, somebody who is in double figures, back in the mix for this Drury team as well, but it's going to be interesting to see, at least early on, how this team can gel early on because of all the transfers that they do have that are talented that expect to get a
0: lot of minutes early on here in this season yeah and they'll look to pick up some more wins on the road they did a nice job at home despite a 10 and 16 record overall last year they went eight and five at home but just one in 11 away from Springfield Missouri so they'll look to turn that around coming up in this upcoming season where they are ranked eighth in the preseason poll and then we get to the University of Illinois Springfield Prairie Stars Matt Brock squad trying to turn things around from last year there was a lot of hype around that Prairie Stars team from last year it just never quite developed they had a lot of guys that you know have now moved on from the program since then they were expected to be some of those key contributors on that team and you know they still bring back some really interesting pieces you know you talk about a Jack Weber he can be a guy that can be an absolute star in this league potentially and i think Jordan Rice is a guy to look out for is somebody who can really elevate his game as well this season
1: Yeah, Jordan Rice for sure, a guy uh, underclassman, but it doesn't feel like it for how much he played as a freshman. Uh, Somebody on this roster from Rock Island, Illinois, uh, somebody who can get a lot of minutes this year. You mentioned Jack Weber, one of the better big men in this league that doesn't maybe get talked about as much as the other guys. Jack Weber's a big physical guy, a third year sophomore on this roster, somebody who I think can be pretty impressive as well this season they had a lot of young freshmen last year they had two all freshman guys on their roster last year uh, recognized by the Great Lakes Valley Conference at the end of the season in Evan Altman and, and Jordan Rice but then also when you just look at the complexion of this roster and you have Jack Weber, one guy I'm interested to see how he can play it's a 6 to 240 pound guard a senior transfer from Florida Southern University initially grew up in st louis missouri went to parkway central high school and that's deandre campbell i'm interested to see what he can do coming from florida southern scored a ton of points he was 20 a game when he was lighting things up at parkway central and then went to florida southern played a little little bit and now coming back a little bit closer to home uh to uis so excited to see how he can impact them in the transfer game because he's coming to this roster, helping out this team after they lost a couple of their best players to the transfer portal in James Kelly and Chase Robinson. So excited to see how the core of this team can continue to progress names like Altman and names like Rice and Weber. We're going to be saying for multiple years, and I think Matt Brock expects a big year out of a guy like Jack Weber here this season.
0: Yeah, I was going to call on Evan Altman's name as well. He's a guy that certainly has impressed from that bunch. But that is unbelievable. The the vitals on DeAndre Campbell, 6'2", 240. To put that in perspective, Bruno Williams is listed at 6'4", 225. So giving up two inches in yet... Having 15 pounds on one of the gnarliest guards you will ever see in the GLVC, DeAndre Campbell, could be a serious issue for opposing GLVC players this year definitely he could he he's a big guy and
1: uh he he kind of has a football background his great uncle played college football at Purdue and spent five seasons in the NFL he averaged 24 points a game uh in high school at Parkway Central I know that was years and years and years ago but after playing four seasons at the division one level and getting some burn I think he's going to come in and make a pretty nice impact on this Prairie Stars team and maybe a guy that can move them into the top eight uh, to try to get into the Great Lakes Valley Conference
0: tournament here this season. Yeah, we both agree on that. And I think we both agree on this next team as well as we move to number 10 in the preseason list in Missouri ST. We both have a suspicion that these minors could possibly be a sleeper coming into this year. you got one of the best scorers in the conference in Julian Smith coming back for that team. And I think Caden Frobe is, you know, I don't don't want to say underrated because he's definitely gotten some recognition, deservedly so, for what he can do defensively. But great assist-to-turnover ratio, taking care of the basketball as well. He is that floor general that you're really looking for, and you have the elite elite scoring guard to go with him in Julian Smith. If you can round out a little bit of that lineup around them, this could be a very dangerous team this year. It really could be, and I wouldn't be
1: shocked, and I kind of noticed this last year with all the freshmen they were starting and then all the young players. They don't have any upperclassmen on this roster, Colin. I think this is a team that uh, this year for sure, but in the next couple years – They will be, if they can keep this group together, an upper echelon team in the Great Lakes Valley Conference. What luxury to have to bring back a guy like Julian Smith, who got the luxury of seeing the GLVC and his as a true freshman in that. 2020 2021 season when it didn't count for eligibility and then he got to play last year and he is somebody who has filled it up in the Great Lakes Valley Conference his efficiency I, I bet he wants to improve this season and if he can he really can make this Missouri S and team a T team a dangerous dangerous team a guy who was over 19 points a game last season third best in the GLVC. Julian Smith like you mentioned one of the best scorers in this conference but Frobe is good. Dylan Singleton is a good player. And they've got a lot of freshmen and a lot of sophomores on this roster, practically their entire team, underclassmen. So I think that is going to be huge for this team uh, to develop something for years to come. And that's why Bill Walker has got to be excited for what he has. Somebody who spent some time at UIS,
0: but now getting ready for his fourth season at Missouri S&T. Yeah talked about it a little bit with Chris Foster as well so many connections within the conference in the past as well and that's kind of what makes this so much fun to cover for us and I think fans as well it's it's such a close knit community the GLVC community and so many of these teams and players and coaches have connections that go back decades Beyond just what we have right now coming into this season so makes for a lot of fun storylines and Missouri S&T is a part of those fun storylines coming in at number 10 in the GLVC preseason polls and we move along to number 11 with Jesse Shaw's bunch and Maryville. The Maryville Saints went 12 and 17 last year, 6 and 14 in the GLVC, but they bring back GLVC freshman of the year Dylan Ingram and a lot of other good pieces to build around and another one of those groups very similar to Missouri S&T that, you know, if you get that expected jump that you typically see from those freshmen that already had a really good season, that freshman to sophomore jump, usually you see a huge progression plus some of the key additions, this team has a chance to pop as well for Maryville. Maryville had some surprising results last year. I mean, You talk about a team that was in the basement
1: of the GLVC and the total GLVC standings a season ago. Still picked up six GLVC wins, but me and you talked about it last year. They played against the German State team. Extremely tough down the stretch last year. And I think the strength of this team is the way they can play defense. They want to get in your face. They want to not even let you bring the ball up the court. And they've got some really persistent guards that are going to be able to do that and force the issue. I mean, they were second in the GLVC last year in turnovers forced per game with over 14, and it's because they've got athletic guys who have good motors up front uh, defending the early actions in an opposing team's offense, and that gets really difficult when you think about guys like Kelvin Swims and Jaden Smith and Ari Jackson and Harrison Vickers. Don't forget about other guys like Kelvin Swims again and Jaylen Hood. I mean, they've got a lot of players that kind of can build around their GLVC freshman of the year and Dylan Ingram. One thing that you think is, okay, where's that outside shot going to come from a lot of the time? Well, Jaden Smith is a guy who can knock down a lot of threes, but the consistency on offense, I think, is the biggest question for Maryville. But Jesse Shaw, a great coach, and like you said, and like we know, comes from the best program maybe of all time in division two as well as a player and he learned from some pretty good coaches again within this glvc family as well with bob
0: sumble absolutely and you know i think that's what makes maryville and missouri snt both very interesting teams to look at despite being in the bottom of this preseason poll they both return their leading scorers from last year. Not many teams can really say that within the conference, especially some of them pick near the top of the conference, which makes it all the more interesting that you've got maybe a little bit more of the proven products towards the bottom of the conference. And you know, you just never know. We see a time year in and year out with this conference. It's so incredibly competitive. You just never know. Week in and week out, no matter what the matchup is, we saw Maryville prove it on plenty of occasions last year, like you talked about. So a lot of really fun things to look forward to out of this Maryville bunch. Like you said, they're going to get up in people's shorts and play some great defense once again this year. And what a surprise, like you mentioned, that Jesse Shaw, a Bob Sunvold disciple, has been <laughs> playing great defense over there. So Maryville in there that number 10 in the preseason poll. And then we move – or excuse me, it was that 11 right there for – Maryville yes and then we move down to number 12 and this is your bunch the Quincy Hawks and you know I should mention that in in these preseason polls not many points separate kind of that that like five six region all the way down to number 12 in the standing so say that Quincy is 12 but it's a little bit deceptive in that regard the only new head coach within this league Steve Hawkins now takes over for Quincy, and I know he's got the fan base really excited, and you've been out and been able to see a couple of practice with some of these new guys on the roster, and it's just an energized time right now, I think, for Quincy basketball. It really is, and Quincy has historically had success in the
1: Great Lakes Valley Conference, but being picked 12th didn't come as a huge surprise to me personally just because of the fact that they have had A tough go the last half decade in terms of competing at the top of the conference. But they did pick up eight GLVC wins a season ago. A team that does have four starters back and a team that gets a coach back, Steve Hawkins, who spent nine seasons as the head coach at Quincy University and then 17 seasons at Division One Western Michigan, only to come back to Quincy University as well for his second stint As the head coach for the Quincy University Hawks, like you mentioned, I think something that was big was the fact that you do have him coming back and being the only new staff in the GLVC. So I think that's going to be something where he's seen this league before, uh, but that was a long time ago, three plus, almost three decades ago uh, that he saw how this league operated. And it's changed a lot, but he's a good coach. He focuses Fully on the fundamentals, one of his biggest mentors in coaching was one of the greatest coaches ever to live in anything, John Wooden, one of his biggest mentors, and he's had John Wooden back in the day come talk to his teams, and he that's how he coaches and practice. Let's learn the fundamentals. Let's do things the right way, and this is a team – that has four starters coming back, and I think there's a lot to like about a guy like Jamari Coakley, who seems to be like in the best shape of his life. Paul Zelinskis, who I think could be one of the better scorers in the Great Lakes Valley Conference. Nate Shockey, who filled up the basket so much last year. This team took care of the ball last year a lot and that was a huge improvement from the year before. They led the GLVC in turnovers per game. They were taking care of the basketball. They were on the offensive glass a whole lot to create extra possessions as well, and that's why they were the third highest scoring team in the Great Lakes Valley Conference, but they've got seven newcomers, so interesting to see how that can go and how some of the newcomers can really help out some of the guys that are on this team from years past, like Malik Harbin, Jamari Coakley, Paul Zelenskis, Nate Shockey, Solomon Gustafson is a big player for them down low as well. But I'm excited to also see how some of their transfers can uh, turn out in be in along with their freshman because he's a guy who wants to play really fast, Colin. He's going to play, you know, 10 plus players are going to be in that rotation because he likes to play extremely quick and guys are going to be in and out and probably the biggest transfer get from my perspective watching some practices is going to be Zion Richardson, a junior from Frisco, Texas that made his way to Quincy University from Wofford University. I think he has a chance to be one of the better players for QU. So a lot of excitement. Of course, you probably could tell, Colin, I'm Elchak up for the qu hawks and their season which gets underway tomorrow against a nationally ranked opponent and then they play another exhibition game next week before they really get going with the d2 full schedule but i think they're going to be a good basketball team
0: Colin. i truly do i mean just just take some of those facts at a surface level this is a team that finished right around the 500 mark in conference play last year and they returned four out of five starters. There is definitely good reason for optimism for these Quincy Hawks and a chance for them to really finish high in these standings. And, you know, I mentioned that, that slight uh, margin in the points and just kind of how clustered it is in the middle of this conference. We saw it play out last year within this conference. It was so evenly matched, and there was just not a whole lot that separated these teams by the time we got to the end of the season. And I think it's, you know, of course, the coaches know better than anyone else, and not surprising that their rankings would reflect that. But, you know, back to to these Quincy Hawks, I think that they have a chance to really do something special. You get that first-year head coach. And if you're able to build that momentum in the first year with some of these building blocks that he already has in place, I think it's a great opportunity for Steve Hawkins in this program to take that next step for Quincy and get back to where they've been like you talked about before. This is a program that has been at the top of this conference before. They want to get back there for Quincy, pick 12th in the preseason poll. And then we move to 13th, and it's the Rockhurst Hawks. Picked to finish last in the GLVC they finished 6-14 and 14 in the conference last year and you know another team that's got a couple of really good pieces coming back from last year and Rich Byrie and Jake Auer as well but a bunch that can look at the, that preseason poll and say hey we're out to prove all of you wrong oh yes that, that puts a free chip on
1: your shoulder and I know that when you look at the bottom of this league I mean Eight teams had six or more wins, anywhere from six to nine wins, six to nine GLVC wins last year. Eight teams had six to nine wins that's how competitive this league was even teams at the bottom get six conference wins even Maryville like you talk about even a team we're talking about that was picked last in Rockhurst still was able to pick up six GLVC wins and a lot of teams were in that six to nine range eight of them but Byrie's a good player, ours a good player, Thornton's a good player and they have a lot of youth seven freshmen and sophomores on this team and only two seniors but I think that it's going to be interesting to see How they can play uh, this season because of the fact that they do get a couple guys that can knock down shots from
0: the outside with Byrie and Auer. No question. So the Rockhurst Hawks looking to prove everyone wrong this year. Goodness, well, I'm so excited uh, about this season in, in the GLVC and the potential for all these teams we talked about some of these teams and what we expect and the beauty of all of this is that we could be so far off base. It's not even funny with a lot of the changes that we've had come into this conference with, with the transfers and and the roster turnover and even a little bit of a, a different look to the league in general. You know, you have two teams that have moved on Lindenwood and USI no longer a part of the conference. And that means no divisions. So, you know, you go from last year where there were, only a select, I, I believe it was four games last year that you played teams twice. And then you come to this year and you're, you're playing teams, almost every team within the conference twice and only four teams you'll play once in the conference schedule. So it really kind of shakes up the, the conference balance and some of the strength, the schedule balance that you could see as well. So maybe that's something that plays a factor this year. Oh, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be fun. And really, the
1: purpose of this was to be able to preview every single GLVC team, all 13 of them. The preseason poll, like we said from the jump, doesn't necessarily matter all that much to anybody. Everybody cares about how they finish at the end of the season. But we get a chance to preview the teams, see what teams we might see make the GLVC tournament, which a host site has not been determined uh, just yet. From my understanding, I do believe uh, last year was All the teams made it. I think this year going back to the top eight, but again, I haven't seen anything on that front either, but it's gonna be so competitive, Colin. One thing I hope is that me and you get the privilege to not only continue doing this with Mr. Joey Messenbrink, but also get the privilege to see good games. Cause last year there was only two double overtime games in GLVC action last year. And we were at both of them. Quincy University hosted U in a double overtime affair, and Quincy prevailed in that one. UIndy, the preseason favorite so far this year, and then SBU at McKendree, a team that was picked second in the mm. conference this year. They had a double overtime bout against McKendree. We were both at the only two double OT games, so maybe uh, we can see some more uh, good, thrilling overtime affairs in our uh, quest to cover some GLVC basketball this season as well, Colin.
0: Yeah, I will I will never forget <laughs> that double overtime game between McKendree and Southwest Baptist. My goodness. Mitch Gannot put on a show down the stretch in that one, showed the heart of a lion, and that's the reason why they're ranked number two in the preseason poll. McHenry not too far behind at number six, but a lot of exciting things ahead for so many of these teams, and you can bet we'll get some of those overtime thrillers as we move along, and we'll be excited to check back in with all of you and bring you some more PXP's perspective on the GLVC and basketball as we move forward but that'll do it for us today you heard joey messenbrink doing our producing on this one you heard will mention him and of course will connerly my partner in this one bringing you the pxp perspective i'm colin surrey saying so long for now and we'll catch you later